let, let me just let me just confine you then. It's it's school, right? So I mean, school sucks, right? I mean, you, you do what you can uh, to improve it, but it's not. It's in the end, there's a limit because it's school. And school sucks. Remember. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Style Guide with your host, Stephen Orr and Dave Morris. How are you doing today, Dave? I'm good, Steve-O, and yourself? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm uh, looking forward to today's podcast. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I always look forward to our podcasts. I realize I say that every single time you ask me how I'm doing. I say, I'm looking forward to today's podcast, as if this one's different. But I just enjoy all of our podcasts. Yeah, I've I've realized that our intro is identical for just about every episode. Yeah, except for the ones where you decide to talk about the weather, which let's let's not do that. I'm I'm working on it, okay? It's so easy to transition into it. But now we're talking about talking about the weather. So which sounds sounds like a sitcom. It does sound like a sitcom, which fits today's uh today's topic. Oh, how so? Well, we're doing TV series about comedians as themselves. Yes, that is that is the topic. And I think uh, before we started recording, I think both of us were about to say something about this topic because uh, can I just, do you want me to go first or do you, do you no, want to say it first? No, you go ahead. Because when I was researching and watching all these shows about comedians as themselves, I quickly realized that there's only two that I could find. The rest are comedians doing shows named after themselves and playing characters named the same name, but the show isn't really about them as themselves. Is that what you were going to say? That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, because like Seinfeld, he is as himself. Definitely. Louis, he is as himself, or a fictionalized version of themselves, I should say. Uh, Everything else, it's like Ellen, she works at a bookstore. The Drew Carey show, he like runs a a newspaper, is that what they do? (laughs) No, it's a, isn't it a department store? Maybe. He's a manager of some kind of office. Yeah. Um, uh, what else was there? There was um, uh, Roseanne. She's just like, you know, a housewife. Whoa, whoa. She works at a diner. And she works at a diner, but like she's not like a comedian trying to make it as a comedian. The Cosby Show, he's a doctor. Like there's a lot of um, <laughs> there aren't very many. I haven't seen Norm, but I doubt he's a stand-up comedian. Norm, he plays a former NHL player who is banned for life for something. And that whole that show lasted two seasons? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> show is amazing, man. So are we going to modify this so that it's TV shows named after comedians? Or do you want to keep it as TV shows with comedians as themselves and only talk about Seinfeld and Louie? <laughs> Well, I think we're going to have to modify it, but there is there are actually more more than just that. So there is Marin, the Mark Marin TV show, which you okay. haven't seen. I have not seen that as one that I didn't get around to watching. He he plays Mark Marin, who has his own podcast, who interviews people and tr- is trying to make it as a podcast slash comedian. That's that's oh, wow. yeah, that's Mark Marin. There's episodes where Matt LeBlanc plays Matt LeBlanc. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's Curb Your Enthusiasm, which I've always struggled to get into, where Larry David doesn't play comedian, but he does play Larry David. Yeah, just doing stuff. Yeah. And so <laughs> so it is a bit of a broader genre. And then you could add something like Martin with Martin Lawrence, where he doesn't play a comedian. He plays a radio DJ who is basically a comedian. Yeah, or uh, Tim the Toolman Taylor. He's not playing himself in any way. <laughs> 
<laughs> but he is somebody named Tim. I, I like that you had me for a second because I'm like, it, does he, he? he is he is Tim. They just changed his last name. It's true. It's true. But he is not a tool man. So I think we can talk about them more broadly. That's good because otherwise this will be a very um ex- well, it'll be an excellent podcast talking about uh, I think two of my favorite sitcoms. So <laughs> that wouldn't be so bad. But let's broaden it. Let's broaden. Broaden. Okay. So largely, let's say that we're talking about uh, TV comedies where where they're named after the comedian, or the comedian plays a uh, plays a character with their same name. Mm, yeah, like to show that the comedian's name is what is sort of selling the show, like that that it's Ellen that's in the show, and she's playing Ellen, who's basically herself, just working at a bookstore. That counts. That counts. Okay. But something like. Would you include something, I, I don't know if you watch it, something like The Mindy Project, where Mindy Carling plays a uh, OBGYN version of herself? OBGYN? Yeah. What's that mean? She's a doctor. But why is, what's the OBGYN part? It's a, it's a, it's a kind of doctor, Dave. What kind of doctor is it? It's a lady doctor. Oh, okay. That's why you're not saying it out loud. <laughs> Uh, so the Mindy Project where she plays a character named Mindy who's a doctor. I guess we could count that. We could totally count that. Okay. I've never actually watched it, but I uh, but Missy watched it, so I can talk about her experience watching it. <laughs> and well, what about what about then? Does that does that mean we can include Thirty Rock? Where Tina Fey plays Liz Lennon, Liz Lennon. totally different name, but <laughs> running like a sketch comedy show and writing for a sketch comedy show, which is sort of basically what she did with her life. See, this is the problem when we broaden it. Now we're getting we're getting into these confusing cases where I have no idea what the confines of the episode is anymore, Dave. Okay, well, I'm going to say let, let me just let me just confine you then. The show needs to be one of one of two instances. Okay, first instance, it is the comedian playing themselves. So Jerry Seinfeld is playing Jerry Seinfeld and is a comedian living his life in New York as a comedian, right? Yeah. First one, that's the obvious one. Second one, the show is named after the comedian's name. <laughs> okay. So that'll like confine it down to like the Mindy Project? Yes. Um, no. Dirty Rock? No. Okay. Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yes. Well, because it's the it's the former category, not the latter. Yeah, it's the first category. So it it does it does work. It does work. I think that helps. I think that'll that'll keep us in line. Okay. Okay. The Cosby Show. Yes. It was named after Cosby. The Drew Carey Show. Yes. You know, I remember watching the Drew Carey Show a lot when I was younger and really enjoying it. And I I I didn't bother going out and looking for it for for today's episode. But was it good? It was. It was a. It was okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a like a, a sitcom. <laughs> like I don't know, it, it, and that's that was the thing. So th- this is the thing with comedians playing themselves, and where I think the like like Seinfeld and Louis being like them actually being themselves, uh, versus something like the Drew Carey Show, because the Drew Carey Show just feels like a normal sitcom. Yes. Whereas, uh, even though it's called the Drew Carey Show, and Drew Carey's playing Drew Carey, or someone named Drew Carey, whereas Louie feels like a very different sitcom because it's focused so much around him and his own life. And I think it's the the difference between like a, a comedian being cast in a sitcom and 
a comedian using the sitcom as a sit as an uh, opportunity to broaden their greater comedy world. Does that make sense? I think it does, and I think that's one of the reasons why, when originally thinking through this idea, shows like Seinfeld, Louie, and Marin stood out to me as as special in some ways, mm -hmm. um, because. My my partner watches. She watches a fair bit of uh, comedy television. It's a it's a good way for her to just unwind and relax at the end of the day, and it's mindless. And it it washes over you, whereas something like Louie does not even remotely wash over you. It it it, it at points attacks you and makes you feel uncomfortable as a human being. Yeah. Yeah, Louie was the show that uh, when I first watched it, I couldn't, like, I, I binge watched a bit of it and watched like four or five episodes in a row. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, man, I can't watch this many episodes in a row. It's too much. Yeah, It's definitely like not a binge watchy show because once you start watching it, you just start every episode, you start feeling kind of worse and worse for this guy. <laughs> and It doesn't make you happy. Um, whereas something like, uh, yeah, like the the Drew Carey show, you could watch like a hundred in a row and still be fine. Yeah, and I, 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 I oh, sure, go ahead. Yeah, almost, almost unaffected. But really, it's not that you're unaffected. It's just that you've been affected so lightly that your life is fine. <laughs> well, I mean, the the basic premise behind Seinfeld, Seinfeld, Seinfeld. <laughs> that one's gonna haunt me for weeks. Seinfeld, you know, it it's supposed to like I, I think they explicitly said no hugging was was one of the things that they, they wanted for it. It's supposed to be this this darker world. Like Friends has plots in it throughout the show. It has characters who care about each other, characters who care about each other, love each other, they they try to live together in the world, and it's all about, you know, those sort of um I don't know, human relationships. Seinfeld doesn't doesn't make any pretending to to be a hundred percent human. They're not fully realized characters, right? Well, yeah, the whole the they're they're quirky and they are kind of jokes. Yeah. And as the show goes on, each character develops even more and more quirks. And like, you know, like George Costanza uses the bathroom with his shirt off. Like like that's how he that's how he takes poop. Remember that episode? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't actually which mm. which sounds more even more amazing when you say it yeah every once in a while i think about that episode which is uh it's an episode that really stuck with me that george costanza when he poops takes off his shirt <laughs> yeah <laughs> the things that stick with you hey? anyway um sorry <laughs> continue your thought well and and something like louis so louis it it feels like it took some of the ideas of Seinfeld and said Seinfeld wasn't real enough. Like Seinfeld didn't take seriously enough the idea of, you know, these people as actual human beings. Whereas Louis has this very raw feel to it where you you get the sense that a lot of the episodes are very close to experiences that he's had in the world. Mm -hmm. And and that he's it, it's just uh, a show where he's just explaining things through his perception, which is exactly what happened in Seinfeld. But it felt like Seinfeld almost uh, almost took the hard edge off it at times. 
Yeah, and you know, I think this is this is what I was trying to, I guess, what I was uh, trying to say earlier was that um, it's an opportunity for the comedian to broaden their comedic world. So Seinfeld, as a comedian, was and always has been the sort of like uh, uh, what do you call it? The kind of comedian that points out things, observational. He's, he's a, clearly an observational comic, right? He makes observations. He's really clever. Very well written, like almost like poetry, his comedy, you know, like it's it's no wasted words. It's beautiful. It's choreographed. It's got these movements. It's all great. It's great. And that kind of polish and that kind of perfectly written joke and that sort of observational comedy is what the show kind of expands upon and takes it further and puts in other characters that do the same sort of thing. And they bicker about someone who has big hands and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so it kind of broadens his comedy uh, style and Louis does the exact same thing but it takes Louis's comedy style which is not it doesn't come across as super polished even though it is it comes across as like like uh, how did Ricky Gervais say it it's like a man falling apart you hear it when you hear his comedy like um some of his jokes it's just like he's just like oh my god Ugh. and he looks sort of like sloppy and and gritty and gross and the comedy he does is gritty and gross and dark and like, uh, you know, some would call offensive, whereas Seinfeld is not like that. And so I think the shows perfectly reflect them as comedians. I think that that's 100% accurate for for my feelings for watching uh, both Seinfeld and Louis and Marin. I, I, I recommend it if you if you like both Seinfeld and Louis or if you've ever listened to the uh, the WTF podcast, because Mark Maron is very much living in the world and expressing his comedy through there. And if mm-hmm. you like if you like his character, you'll like the show. No, oh, that's pretty cool. I, I'll check it out. I'll make sure I do. And I recommend our listeners check it out as well. Yeah, because that and I guess that's where like if you take something like uh, like Roseanne, if you remember Roseanne, I don't know if that's before your time. No, I do remember Roseanne Barr. I'm and that show. So again, it's not. It's not her. Like, she's not playing a comedian in that show. Right. But she is playing a character that might as well be her. Like, the way the character acts and the character herself is funny mm-hmm. and makes jokes and has this this sort of, like, reality to it. And, uh, and so I think she was – so she did still reflect her comedy style of being a little, like, you know, like, like just fun. And kind of like not, not like not a, a girly girl, but just like a woman, you know. And she, I think, took that and put that into the show um, pretty well. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I would say that, that Roseanne Barr, as far as I understand her, is reflected in that show. But it that show tries to do more with plot and narrative and storytelling. Yeah. Then you see with something closer to Seinfeld or or Louis, where there is a story, but the story is, you know, almost unnecessary to the show, right? And it it very rarely directly continues from episode to episode. Like in Roseanne, we might be interested in the misadventures of Darlene for a yeah. little while, whereas with Louis, it's it has this like, nope, this is just what life looks like. With yeah. Marin, it's just like this is what life as a podcast host looks like. Yeah, and like, uh, and I'm trying to think like Ellen as well, where I think it reflects her stand up pretty well actually, because like Ellen as a stand up kind of plays a character anyway. Hmm. 
you know, like, um, I don't know how much Ellen stand-up you've watched, but uh, I get the sense that she's always playing kind of, like, she plays uh, oblivious a lot in in her stand-up, where she doesn't get the joke, but she just says, says it, and then she'll, like, whisper something under her breath that is the joke, or, like, more of the joke, um, and plays this sort of oblivious to the joke kind of character. Like, she does this bit about uh, procrastinating. And how she was trying to write and, uh, you know, and she wanted to write a joke about procrastination. Uh, so then she uh, realized that, oh, wait, hold on. Uh, I, I, got, I have to sharpen all these pencils. And so she goes to sharpen the pencils and then her cat's on the stairs. So she sits down and she's like, well, I got to pet a cat. Uh, and then, like, does this whole thing about how she's trying to write a joke about procrastination while procrastinating and being oblivious to the fact that she was procrastinating the whole time, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so she plays that kind of oblivious to the joke and she is this character and I think, as far as I know, The Ellen Show is that. It reflects that. Like, she is not making the jokes. She The jokes are... The, is She is the jokes. Okay. Okay. That, I don't know if I... I don't know if I uh, articulated that very well. <laughs> no, I... I, I do I do get what you're saying there, but I do remember the Ellen Show also was was very concerned with the storytelling of a TV show, right? Because it yeah. had it had the to be. sitcom, the sitcom nature of it, yeah. Yeah, and and this is this is you know a time period where things like uh, Friends or Mad About You or whatever these shows are are trying to be stories that people are going to watch from week to week as opposed to really just taking seriously the idea that people are watching these shows because these characters are are quirky or whatever right like the 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 truth about friends is that none of the story matters in that show right like you 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 buy into it, but it's it's you you like the characters, and so that's why you're watching the show. And I think what we see with these these comedian sitcoms is them taking that idea even more seriously. Like it it's they're shows about the nothing, the banality of existence of being a comedian. Yeah, and and for me that really works as opposed to something like uh, New Girl. Do you know? Do you watch New Girl? No. Yeah, I I didn't think you would. So I I've I've tried to watch a, a few episodes because it because it's on here frequently, and the show makes me intensely uncomfortable again and again because the characters just they have this such frantic energy, and they're 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 not living in the world. They're you know living in the world. Yeah. And and, and it feels like their life is an adventure all the time, and. And for a comedy, for me, that's that just that's too much energy for me to really invest into it. I gotta, I gotta take a step back and, and like I gotta go have a cigarette while watching it because it's just so, nah. Yeah, and I guess like um, I mean, I'm just thinking about this idea, the difference between like the the sort of sitcom of the, like the storytelling type sitcom versus the comedian type sitcom, and I think it's the fact that like I can watch any episode of Seinfeld at any time. And not have to worry about having seen anything that came before or after it. Yeah. And it still makes perfect sense. Uh, I'm not wondering why Seinfeld is all of a sudden doing something different. Uh, there are some things like, you know, like uh, like George's working for the Yankees, mm-hmm. which he did for a while in the show. 
So when you watch it, you're like, oh, this is one of the episodes in like sort of like the middle portion when George is working for the Yankees uh, or George is engaged to Susan. And you're like, oh, so this is one of those episodes where he's engaged to Susan. And you kind of you start kind of there is a bit of a timeline to it. But the fact that he's engaged to Susan is so incidental to what the show's about. Yeah. Or it is the story of the show. You know, like the episode where Susan dies. Yeah. And he's happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> Seinfeld's such a great show. Yeah, so and same with Louis. You, I, I like I, I could watch just like a clip from a you Louis, you know, like like one scene, like the, the PTA scene that um I think you you were talking about the other day when we were texting about this <laughs> this <laughs> podcast. Uh where he's at a PTA meeting. It's like I can just watch that thing of Louis at a PTA meeting because Louis as a character is uh like so to speak static right he doesn't change throughout the show he's louis and he doesn't change from his stand-up to the tv series either so it's like oh there's louis ck i know everything about louis ck because i've seen him before and then i get to watch him at a pta meeting so it's almost like like a sketch and less like a uh a story well, and I think you're you're spot on to point to that he doesn't change, and that I, I think that's also true of Seinfeld, and I think that's also true, like the 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 whole idea behind episodes is that Matt LeBlanc is Matt LeBlanc at all times and is incapable of being a human being, like, mm-hmm. um, and, and Curb Your Enthusiasm is very similar, like Larry David is just this asshole, and everyone around him just has to deal with with Larry David, and so. I, I think that distinguishes the two the two types of shows because Ellen in the Ellen show goes through changes, lots of changes, yeah. yeah. And so that's that becomes th- those those different uh, storylines become an important part of the show itself. And so you 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 watch for the changes as opposed to watch for you know the nothing that happens this week. Yeah, and it's uh, it, it is like you know if you look at a sitcom like Friends, uh, uh, they go through lots of changes in that show. People grow, characters uh, fall in love. They, they like uh, Ross and Rachel. They've managed to make that last however many seasons that show ran for. Um, and Rachel originally was like you know a a shopaholic kind of runaway bride, and by the end was like a, a real person. So like. There was growth within those characters, dynamic characters, we we could call them. We should call them. As opposed to, like, I guess, like, and, and I think the idea of static characters isn't the only thing because lots of sitcoms have static characters. Like, uh, who's the boss? Right. <laughs> the, the characters don't really change. Um, I love Lucy. I love Lucy. The characters don't go through very much growth, uh, if any growth at all. Um, so I think the, the part that, that really does it to me is that the first episode of a sitcom that's based on a comedian playing themselves, you already know the comedian. Does that make sense? Hmm. Which is, of course, why the network gave them a TV series. Um, But, like, the first day you tune in to Seinfeld, uh, you know who Seinfeld is as a comedian. Uh, because you've seen his tours, you've seen him on The Tonight Show, and that's why he's famous enough to get a TV series. Whereas uh, other sitcoms like Friends, it was like, I didn't know any of those people before. I, mean, I think I knew Courtney Cox because she was in something, but um, she was in Ace Ventura. But uh, but yeah, like you don't, you, you, so you go into the, the sitcom already being familiar with that main character, which gives you sort of like a, 
expectation. Uh, and if they are playing themselves, then they are that static character that we are familiar and happy with. Like the fact that the first time I watched the Louis show, I it was exactly what I expected it to be, I think says something about the genre of comedians playing themselves versus other general sitcoms. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's absolutely spot on. It's the... It, it it's yeah now the more the more and more that i think about it it's it's a way of getting their comedy to a broader audience in a different way but is really just the same thing because so one of the things that uh i i've watched louis before but i hadn't sat down and really thought about it until this week for the episode and i i louis ck as an actor is just lousy like there is there is nothing about him that makes me go, I enjoy your acting, sir. Which is why it's great in the first season he explicitly talks about how he doesn't want to do acting. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I, I get it. Like, this this makes sense for me. Because he's, yeah. he's not good at it. Yeah. He, and Seinfeld, similarly, he's not... He, I'd say Seinfeld's a better actor, but he's not a great actor. He He's doing his stand-up character 100% of the time. And he's smiling at himself half the time. Yeah, and there's never a there's never an attempt to obfuscate that fact. Like it just that's they are playing themselves in as this character, and so I like that honesty uh, about the the genre, which I started off not liking it with Louis, but I I increasingly think that it's it's it allows me to get into a show when I otherwise wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, true, and it's it's almost. It's almost like a, a different variation on legacy casting, right? Like, which we've talked about so many times. The idea of casting a character because they have a legacy of playing that kind of role and how it brings this history to the role. Casting a comedian in a sitcom about themselves brings with them all of their stand-up material. So Louis C.K., his show brings with him the fact that everyone who's going to watch that show already knows that Louis C.K. has two daughters and is divorced and lives in New York City. Like, we all know that already. So we bring that with us when we go into the show, and, and it, it allows it to meet our expectations, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, like, instead of just bringing an actor, you're bringing a whole uh, career with you into the sitcom, um, which, uh, which allows you also, when you're making the sitcom, you got so much material to draw from now. Like Seinfeld and Louis, I think both, right? They they have like him doing stand up at during yeah. the show. Yeah. And Seinfeld, it was like that was the whole thing for the for most of the show. I don't know if they still did it all the way through to the end, but like he would be doing stand up at the beginning of the show, and then whatever he did stand up about was kind of like inspired the show. Well, and 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 that's the same thing with Louis, obviously. And, and one of the great things about Louis is like they're they're twenty minute episodes sometimes, and and sometimes they're two stories. Like they're they're too, I think this was more in the first season, and I think it starts to mm, lose it yeah. later. But like explicitly, they're he, they're they're broken up into two different kind of events that happened to Louis, um, and sometimes they're kind of related, but mostly they're just you know here's some thoughts. Yeah, and uh, Mark Marin does the same thing where some of the some of the show is him in in a podcast situation, like podcasting, and to his audience as, as a form of uh, stand-up, like in that same sort of narrative structure that you see with uh, with Seinfeld and Louis. Yeah. And and I 
I, I guess in a lot of ways it makes sense that Seinfeld would move into being um, like the 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 show ended up being about them trying to get a TV show called Jerry made, right? Yeah, and yeah. and in a in a sense that that's almost inevitable because as a as a as a comedian you you need to be you know actively crafting new material and building all that sort of stuff and when you're when you're throwing all of your material into a TV show like you you lose some of the ability to be ob- ob- observing in the world right yeah yeah you start making art about making art because that's all you do now is make art yeah yeah and you start doing comedy about doing comedy because all you do is comedy well there is another kind of comedian show that we haven't even talked about which uh, I don't think I've ever been successful, which is where comedians play themselves, but in like a variety show format. Like you're thinking like the Dave Chappelle show. The Dave Chappelle show. I'm thinking the Dana Carvey show, which was very short lived. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking the Dimitri Martin show. Uh, um, was there any other ones? Uh, nothing comes to mind right away. But like those kind of shows where the comedian's like, yeah, but I'm not going to do a sitcom. Why don't I do a, like a, a sketch show where... Or the key and P key and peel even. That wasn't successful? Oh, that one was successful, yeah. Okay. But most of them they aren't. Um and so the Chappelle show was very successful as well, right? Like Yeah. Where the comedian comes out and maybe like talks to the crowd a little bit, does some stand up or something, and then they do like sketches in between. Uh and usually they don't work out very well. Key and peel worked out very well because their sketches were awesome. And it was more like they were made for the internet. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think I watched the Keen Peel show. I think I've only ever seen two episodes of it. Yeah. And mostly just skipped to the things I wanted to see anyway. Um but but yeah, so like there's that kind of com- comedians playing themselves show where they're playing themselves some of the time, but then they aren't for the rest of the time. Yeah, and another good example would be uh Mr. Show with Bob and David. Mr. Show, yeah. Mhm. Where and I think uh yeah, no it did. They they recently Re revamp the show, I think, for Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which what I can't even remember what it's called now. I think um, it's called with Bob Bob and Dave show or something. Oh like yeah, that. with Bob and Dave. Yeah, um, and and you know, similar sort of thing where very successful show. They sometimes played themselves, sometimes not. But there's also a sense in which that doesn't like that the new version of the show doesn't work as well. You know, it 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 doesn't fit. And I think you're right to point to Key and Peele's success as being, like, they're very internet friendly, you know. Yeah, and I almost don't even know if they're, uh, if they're what you would call stand-up comedians. Like, I've never seen them, either of them, do stand-up. Uh, I've only ever seen their sketch show. And then they come out and do, like, a little, like, hey, so, welcome to the show, this, uh... You know, how you doing, Key? And they kind of like banter back and forth. So I don't even know if that counts as a stand-up comedy show uh, or shows about stand-up comedians because it's clearly a sketch comedy show as opposed to uh, the Dimitri Martin show where he comes out as Dimitri Martin and does stand-up and then like spins a wheel and whatever it points to, they do that next, I think was the premise of the show. <laughs> like, like, oh, now we're going to see a sketch. And then they would do a sketch. And then it would be like, oh, stand-up. Okay, hey, I'm going to do some stand-up now. And it was like... Dimitri Martin hosting it as a comedian. Yeah. Well, and Key and Peele, they both came from Mad TV, right? I don't think you so. Know. No? Okay. But I don't know. I don't know where they came from. I just remember finding them on the internet and being amazed. Well, because it just, they have, 
those types of shows seem very connected to the Mad TV Saturday Night Live sort of um, a comedy style, right? Where where it's yes. like not the lot not the live aspect, but the the very sketchy, uh, you know, trying to uh, reinvigorate vaudeville sort of uh, style of comedy. Yeah, that comes out of a, an improv comedy background where people improvise sketches and Second City did it and then they go, people move on to Saturday Night Live, so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. And so in in a, a lot of ways, I mean, and like SNL is, has gotten worse and worse over the years. I don't think anyone can really argue that point. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's because SNL itself, like the writing has gotten worse or, or the the comedians on the show are particularly that much worse than they used to be. I I think it's because as a genre, it's it's harder for us to to buy into. Well, and I think the it, it's uh, the diminishing returns on it is happening. Like why tune into Saturday Night Live when you can just go on YouTube and watch any sketch you want throughout history? Because the sketches are so short, they fit into a YouTube video, right? So you can just go watch them there. Like, uh, so why watch an entire show where maybe two of the sketches are great instead of just go online and watch the great sketches? Exactly, exactly. And which which points to something like we're not talking about shows like uh, John Stewart or the Stephen Colbert show or the John Oliver show in in this. But I mean, something we can. like well, yeah, but like something like the John Oliver show is made for the internet. Like, I have never seen a full episode of the John Oliver show. Not me neither. But I've probably seen, you know, 80% of his, you know, longer rants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that, like, that's how they're supposed to be consumed. HBO makes money because subscribers subscribe anyway, and then the rest of us get to watch it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And and that really points to why why shows like SNL, I think, are struggling because the show itself isn't worth watching anymore and and you're just going to catch the 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 funny parts on the internet later yeah. and and so you don't and, and they don't have a business model where that works for them and so i guess i mean with something like louis or or marin or seinfeld or episodes i guess they they get away with it a little bit because they're not they're not really structuring it in an in an SNL way. Each episode is contained, but um, it's a, it's still a TV series, so you're hopefully you're tuning into it. Yeah, and you you kind of need to watch a full episode of Seinfeld to get all the jokes. Yeah, right. Like you can't just watch the last two minutes and you understand the funny. Yeah. Uh, whereas with like SNL, you can just watch like the first. Like you can just watch Donald Trump's opening monologue and then stop watching. And you don't lose anything or don't not get anything because of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think the sketch variety show is a very different beast than what we're trying to talk about. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. But I think in... But in, I, did want, I do want to touch on Jon Stewart because uh, and John Oliver and not so much Colbert because he clearly plays a character inspired by himself. Yeah. And, uh, and even things like, uh, like The Tonight Show... Or the Ellen Generous show, uh, they aren't sitcoms, but they are television shows. Mm-hmm. Is that count, or are we focusing mostly on sitcoms? Well, I mean, like, because I think we call it TV series. Yeah, I mean, go ahead, talk about it. Um, just because I think that's an interesting place where comedians playing themselves works really well when they're when they are doing what they do best, which is 
doing an opening comedy monologue and then sitting there and just talking with people and making jokes and being great. And I'm always hesitant when someone asks a stand-up comedian to act, you know. Uh, so, like, the, that, was, that was, I think, the downfall of the Dimitri Martin show. Was that he was terrible at sketch comedy, man. <laughs> he was really funny as a as like a, a comedian. I love his his stand up, but his sketch was just like oh, it's not very good, man. And so like with something like the John John Stewart and the Daily Show, which is now the Noah, what's his last name? Uh, the Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah. Okay, uh, yeah, the Daily Show with Trevor Noah, which I haven't actually watched any of yet. That makes me a bad person. No, I mean I really like it. Some people don't like it, but I I think he is the the best successor you could have to John Stewart. Okay, good. I just haven't had a chance to check it out. I haven't seen much of Colbert on the Late Show either. Um, but uh, because it's them sitting in a writing room with a bunch of writers writing jokes and then going up and doing those jokes in a slightly different format than they're used to. So instead of just standing in front of a mic, they are sitting in front of a desk. Yeah, but it's the same thing that they excel at. It's lovely to watch that kind of stuff. I I love watching this stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, I those those sorts of things, and 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 I think that's actually a little bit of a change in the Tonight Show, which uh, you can totally you feel it as soon as Jimmy Fallon took over. It was no longer because Jimmy Fallon's not really a stand-up. No. Um, I'm sure he's done stand-up, but I I think he's he's a sketch comedian. And improviser, you know, and uh, and so to him, it's like he made that show what he does best, which is uh, sketches and like little videos and like him and like the roots and what's her name singing a song in a bus or something like that. And they like and then they <laughs> they put it on the show and it's like these incredibly hilarious sketches, uh, whereas before him, it was like David Letterman and Jay Leno who were just stand ups. Who get up and just talk and then get behind the desk and talk and make more jokes? Yeah, well, it, Jimmy Fallon is made for YouTube, like oh yeah, he's great, one hundred percent, and that's in a lot of ways what we're we're seeing with comedy. Comedy is being pushed more and more as to being acceptable in bite-sized YouTube uh, form. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and what we're we're seeing with different TV shows is is an attempt to harness that in, in in some sort of profitable way, and so you know the Jimmy Fallon makes viral videos in the attempt in the hope that you will watch the Jimmy Fallon show, right? Like mm-hmm. the desperate attempt to get you to tune in and and watch their advertisements. Um, that's the same sort of thing with someone like Stephen Colbert. And it's why old, older hosts like uh, David Letterman, Jay Leno, or even uh, Craig Kilborn, right? Like they, they were meant for a different era of of late night television. Yeah, and and someone like David Letterman, who I actually I loved Letterman. Me too. Uh, he he couldn't succeed in this era, but he had enough fans of him that he was doing just fine on his own. Like, yeah. And because he had had so long to build up that sort of audience, whereas in in this era of late night television, it's hard to build up an audience that effectively. Be, like someone who's going to buy what you do every night and tune in. I mean, well, I mean, also, like, do you have cable? Nope. <laughs> yeah, I don't have cable either. I can't watch any of these shows uh, unless I find them online and stream them. So 
for me, it's like, well, I, I just will go to YouTube before anything else and just see if there's the funny clips up there, you yeah. know, like the best parts of the show um, and watch those. So I think, yeah, it's definitely the era of, of those kind of talk shows is shifting, but also the data on who watches those shows has never been good, you know, like, like, uh, like ratings and stuff like that. Like you never know for sure if people are actually watching these shows, they don't have things built into your televisions to like tell them. Um, so it is like, it's always kind of guesstimating. So whether or not people are watching the Jimmy Fallon tonight, tonight show with Jimmy Fallon uh, is irrelevant to the people who make the show. What what they want is people to love the show and love Jimmy Fallon. And so if people are watching it on YouTube and they love it and they're always talking about it and they're sharing the videos and, and like Jimmy Fallon's trending and whatever, then the advertisers are, are like, well, we got to advertise on the show. It's so popular. You know, Jimmy Fallon's so popular. Um, without realizing necessarily that the popularity, like, like, cause you, you know, half the money you spend on advertising is wasted. The, the problem is knowing which half. Yeah. So, so you have no idea if people are watching the show and that's why he's popular. If people are just watching online and that's why he's popular, we can't really tell. And so you just, it makes people advertise cause he's popular. Well, I mean, they're, that's true to an extent. I mean, they do have some ratings stuff like nielsen boxes and and that sort of stuff in in american households that that keep track of some of it but you're you're right in that it's harder and harder for for advertisers and showrunners to know when how and where people are watching it (laughs) yeah and the people who have the nielsen boxes of course they're watching tv they have nielsen boxes (laughs) right (laughs) but like (laughs) if you don't have one uh you're not watching television you're probably googling jimmy fallon Right. And and so I guess it makes I mean, do you binge watch comedy shows like you? You said, Louis, you have to watch only a couple episodes because you just start to. Well, I, I, I tried to binge watch it. It's just really difficult. Yeah. But do I binge watch comedy shows? Uh, you know, I don't even think I do. I would yeah. not say that I do. I would say that. Uh, and actually, I don't watch. To be honest, I don't watch very many comedy shows anymore. Right. Like, I think the last comedy show I remember watching, which I did binge watch, was Community. And that I watched, like, enough to be like, yeah, I, I like Community. I watch it all the time. It's a great show. But again, I don't think I watched it. I never watched it on television, first of all. <laughs> and uh, secondly, I think it was because I discovered it, like, late into the second season. And so I went back and watched everything up to it. Okay. Yeah, but normally I do not binge watch comedy shows or even watch many comedy shows. Well, that's the thing for me. I don't particularly enjoy comedy as the, as the genre. Um, and, and, and for a long time, I, I haven't really understood why this is because, you know, I, um, I, I thought that I enjoyed comedy. And, and then I've sat down and the more, the more comedy that's just straight comedy that I watch, the more I, I'm not really comfortable with the the it as a genre like it it just doesn't appeal to me and and often just makes me uncomfortable and and part of this like i I was really trying to think this through while watching something uh, like scrubs watched almost all of scrubs uh over the fall isn't that a comedy that's a comedy no it is and and watched uh, most of friends as well and in in some ways trying to to figure out uh what it is that i about these genres that I'm not particularly fond of because I, I watched friends almost all of it, except for the last episode. And I wouldn't say that I enjoyed it. Like, yeah, like it wasn't, uh, 
It's not something that I would recommend to anyone. It's not something that I would actively rewatch. But I, I, I did watch it all because it was relatively mindless, I guess. And, and I guess I'm, I'm still trying to figure out why I don't particularly enjoy the genre. But then watching like Marin and Louie and Seinfeld, I'm realizing it's not comedy itself that I don't like. It's a particular version of comedy because I'm really enjoying these comedians as themselves. Yeah. And uh, I am going to contradict you for a second here. Sure. You say, Because uh, I think you do watch comedy and enjoy it, but only in film form, I'm going to guess. Like, do you watch comedy movies? I'm trying to think. Or still not even, or still not even. Like, I'm trying to think as well myself, like, like what are the comedy movies that I throw on if I want to watch a comedy and just have a good laugh? And very few of them are comedies. <laughs> yeah. They're funny, and there are comedic elements to them. Like, what was something, like, like Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters is technically a comedy. Yeah. Right, but it's more like a sci-fi adventure than yeah. a comedy. Like, uh, Inside Out by Pixar. Is that, that's... Is that a comedy? Not really. I mean, it, it is comedic, but it's not like a comedy comedy. Yeah. Um. So like, it, it is like I think comedy, and I, and I I say I talk about this a lot when I teach improv too. Is that uh, people always and improv has like a, of course people look at it like comedy. It's comedy to them. Yeah. Uh, and I try to explain to improvisers that comedy is just one technique that we can use when improvising. And it's just one color that we paint with, right? Uh, and so is drama. So is uh, suspense and tension. Like all these, like li- like comedy is a literary device. It is not, uh, it shouldn't be a genre. And so when it comes to movies that I enjoy, they all have comedy in them. Like Like Iron Man has comedy in it. But it's not a comedy itself. Like, and when you start, when I start thinking like what constitutes a comedy, I'm thinking of movies like uh, Knocked Up or uh, Dude, Where's My Car? Like, where the whole thing is kind of a joke. <laughs> yeah. And I've never enjoyed those movies. I think the last one of those movies I enjoyed was Anchorman. Hmm. Uh, and I don't even know if that's that might be too much of an adventure anyway to call it just a pure comedy, but I think it it. It's probably as close as I'm going to get. Well, and and see, see, that's right, because I don't think that I watch very movies, very many movies that I would call comedies or 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 straight comedies, like something like Zoolander. Zoolander is a pure comedy, I think. Pure comedy, yeah. Yeah, I won't watch that. Like I, me neither. I, I think that that's a good example of garbage, and uh, I mean, a lot of Adam Sandler movies, mm-hmm. uh, those those are comedies as opposed to something like Back to the Future, which has comedy elements in it, but you wouldn't call a comedy. Yeah, so I think movies that are purely comedy are... are, 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 are I'm not going to use the word garbage like you did and be an asshole, but I'm going to say are, are uh, fluff. They're something you'll put on and you don't have to pay attention to, uh, and it makes you laugh and giggle. And if you're going to watch one, watch it with friends at the very least so you can all laugh together and have an experience that you share. You know, uh, like going to see a movie about it and like, but otherwise it's like, you know, uh, film and television are about telling stories. So let's focus on that. And I I guess that might be what the reason why I don't really watch many sitcoms. And uh, okay, here's a question for you. Mm -hmm. Community, is that just a comedy then? Community fits into uh, that special, special genre of meta commentary on, on what it is. 
-hmm. like in yes it's it's a comedy it's also a drama but it's i mean in some ways it is too oh let's say what what would i what would uh what would okay so compared to friends community is to friends as fraser is to cheers Like, there's a deliberate attempt to say, listen, we are the thinking person's show. I hate how much you like Fraser. Well. Because <laughs> I don't think Fraser's that good. I'm not I'm not suggesting that Fraser is as good as Community, for the record. But, but <laughs> You totally just did. No, no. The point is that there's an, there was an, a deliberate attempt to make it a more thoughtful show yeah. than, than what it was embedded against and with. And so, like, Community very much tries to say, oh, listen, other comedies are stupid, and, and we're going to make fun of them, and uh, while at the same time being one of them. Yeah, true. And it does have moments that are of drama and moments of, of like, beauty and sadness where you almost, <laughs> like, I, I mean, I've cried during an episode of Community. Does that make it, like, I don't well, know. Well, that... this is the thing. Your, your crying meaner is doesn't doesn't <laughs> mean know, anything for me because Die Hard isn't a movie you cry in. I don't know, man. When they shoot and they when the when the two cops laugh together at the end, it's pretty beautiful, man. They broke down some barriers there. <laughs> but anyway, um, so we've kind of gotten into the weeds here, but I think I think I think we're we're getting into an interesting territory, which is the idea of comedy and the the fact that humans like to draw lines places. We like to make distinctions between things, and we like to clarify whether something is a comedy or a drama, <laughs> as if those two categories are uh, mutually exclusive and there's a clear line between them. Because I don't think the line is a bright line between comedy and tragedy, you know, where, or comedy and drama, where it's like, like it's one or the other. Because I think the best films are both. You know, even Shakespeare's tragedies had funny moments. Uh, and had jokes in them because that's how you keep people entertained. <laughs> um, and even Braveheart, which would fall, clearly fall into the drama version, right, mm-hmm. is still has some of some incredibly hilarious moments and wonderful comic relief characters. So I guess what what makes it a comedy? Well, I mean, I for for me, I think this mm-hmm. distinction. Um, I mean, what what makes it a comedy is harder, but, but but what makes it a distinction between what we're talking about? I mean, it's whether there's a commentary on the world or whether it just happens to kind of be living in the world. So, like, Big Bang Theory is uh, a comedy. It's a comedy sitcom. No one's going to argue that. But it's I've not. Cri- I've cried watching it, so um, <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. I've never but, watched Big Bang Theory. But in in a lot of ways, that show isn't trying to really be a commentary on the way we live our lives. Like, it, it just, you know, it's a show about uh, some nerds and the hot girl next door. And it's just like you get to watch their lives. Mm-hmm. And and there's a it's it's kind of voyeuristic and it's kind of like just this sort of uh, whatever. Whereas. A show like. Uh, curb your enthusiasm is deliberately meant to kind of commentate on the state of something you know mm-hmm. it, it's meant to have this sort of critical edge even something like um i can't remember what it's it just got a fourth it got a fourth season on netflix the the one that everyone liked 
Oh, Arrested Development? Arrested Development, right? Arrested yeah. Development even has this kind of critical edge to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I think that distinction is is more yeah, important so for what you're, we're you're making the distinction between good comedy and bad comedy right now. Or like, uh, as I would say, comedy that you laugh at because they're stupid uh, versus comedy where you can tell they're super clever and they're making jokes that you're laughing along with. Yeah, and sometimes you don't even laugh. Sometimes it's just wow, that is that is incredibly thoughtful, or yeah, is, or terrifying. <laughs> like yeah. Louis C.K., he tries to to make you uncomfortable. You know, like w- when he's talking about how you know he. Uh, no, I'm not going to repeat Louis C.K. jokes, but like there's, yeah. but there, well, there's a different sense to that. Like that again, that PTA clip that I keep thinking about, and it's funny to me. Um, the moment when she says the the girl in the the, the woman in the the meeting says, "Hi, uh, yeah, it's my first meeting as well," and, and no one nobody claps. claps, or everyone clapped when Louis said it was his first meeting, and they all looked at her like, oh, "Come on, we already clapped for him." <laughs> like that moment, you don't really laugh. Like I didn't laugh out loud. Yeah. But I was like, that is hilarious. I've seen that before, like that kind of mentality in people and that like uh, that feeling. And it it's funny, but you don't laugh. Yeah. And and so I, I don't see that. So, like, I mean, with the way you said it, good comedy and bad comedy. I mean, that's how that's how it is. That's the truth. I'm I'm drawing a line. I'm drawing a line between good comedy and bad comedy. <laughs> it, it's it's the observing the world uh comedy versus the just being in the world and telling stories in it like the big bang theory or friends if you stripped out the comedy the show could still exist right yeah like it it, it wouldn't be good you could sure. do you could redo that whole show as a drama yeah whereas you can't really redo something like seinfeld uh or louis as a drama like they don't yeah. Okay. So let's get back to because uh, we were trying to make that distinction between comedians playing themselves and comedians not being named after themselves, but not playing themselves. And I think you just said it right there, which is the difference between observing the world versus just being in the world. Whereas when they're playing themselves as comedians, we get to watch as Jerry Seinfeld, the comedian, lives in a life that is that where his observations are coming from, and we see him make those observations in that life. Which is our life, the world. They're just living in New York. As opposed to Ellen DeGeneres where she is just being a character in a world and that is where the comedy is coming from. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's absolutely right. And maybe the the best example of, of the kind of differences that, that can this can come up in is somebody like The Office, the guy who created The Office. Ricky Gervais. Yeah. Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais in television shows and Ricky Gervais in stand-up. Yeah, and I like to uh, I like to soften the S at the end of his name, Ricky Gervais. Bays. Because I think that's how he says it, Ricky Gervais. Well, he can he can send a letter to the show, and, and I can apologize <laughs> when he does no, that. Don't apologize. No. But but that distinction, right, between the kind of comedy that he does on stage versus the kind of uh, comedy that he does in television. Mm-hmm. And they're very they're very different. Um, and one of them one of them is the stand up comedian Ricky, and one of them is the actor comedian Ricky. And Ricky is a very interesting uh, example of a comedian doing sitcoms and stuff because he came at it from a very different way. Uh, at least from everything I know about Ricky Gervais, like he was like a he hosted like a radio show for a while, um, but then like he he kind of went into the BBC with The Office and pitched it and got it and made it. 
And it wasn't until after he'd become sort of famous as a comedian in, in the UK that then he was like, well, I better do stand-up too. Like, and then oh. he went on to do stand-up. Like, he wasn't a stand-up first. He was like an actor. And I think he was even in like a, like a boy band for a while or something. <laughs> Maybe I'm confusing him with somebody else. Um, but, I choose but, to believe this. But yeah, he, uh, so he came at it from a very different way than most other comedians getting into, into sitcoms. Hmm. Well, I'm, I mean, and in some ways, I guess that makes sense with what we've been talking about. Siona dancing. Ricky Gervais and his friend Bill McRae formed Siona dancing, uh, with McRae writing the songs and playing keyboards and Gervais writing and singing the lyrics. So yeah, he was in like a, a boy duo pop band thing. And if you go to the Wikipedia page, the photo is hilarious <laughs> of a young, thin Ricky Gervais. Oh my God. It's great. Anyway, sorry. Um, so yeah, Ricky Gervais came at it from a different way than most other comedians do. Uh, he didn't earn it through stand-up and then get the show. He did the show first and then went and made some stand-up. <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating. It's interesting. It's interesting. Um, but I do I do really like that uh, distinction between observing and being in the world. Um, and Ricky, his comedy definitely comes from sort of being in that world and letting us laugh at him. Well, and, and I think that perfectly explains, you know, the, the problem that I've been struggling with. Why I I struggle with something like New Girl or or Friends in that, like, I, I will watch it, but I won't enjoy it. Or even like, like The Mindy Project, which, uh, again, I haven't watched, but Missy has watched some of and said that she liked it. It was kind of funny, but she was more frustrated than anything that <laughs> she was playing a, a doctor who is like super doing great for herself, but then was worrying about boy troubles. <laughs> I think that was what bothered her. Yeah. Uh, she was clearly successful. Why is she worrying about stupid sitcom things? Yeah, but they're being in the world, not actually being comedians in the world. Because watching a comedian in the world is very enjoyable. Well, because you you feel okay laughing at Louis. Yeah. Like... Like, or you feel okay laughing at George Costanza because, like, they get it, you know? Like, they're, they understand why you're laughing at them. Well, know? and because the, and, and because, like, I mean, with Louis, it's like, I mean, uh, I'm not laughing. I, I guess I'm laughing at him in that show, but I don't, I feel like, because I know it's Louis C.K. playing Louis C.K., it's almost like uh, he, as the comedian, has said, hey, come into like my, my pretend life here for a minute. And so I'm laughing at this pretend life he's built for himself. And same with Seinfeld, like because they're just real people. In the, like Seinfeld was such a bad actor. I think that's what made that show so great, is that you never once for a moment felt bad laughing at anything that happened in that show because he was just totally like he was smiling at it too <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and knew it was a joke. As opposed to they are a joke. It's he knew it was a joke and making a joke. Well, and and I mean, like I can I can see parts of myself reflected when I'm watching Louis or when I'm watching Marin. Like I like I'm I definitely don't live their lives, but at the same time, there's a realness to the kinds the ways that they live in the world mm-hmm. that is totally absent from Friends. That is totally absent from Big Bang Theory. You know, that is totally absent from Roseanne. Like, I I am none of those characters. And while I may have some of the same, same experiences, I am in no way the same person as those characters. Whereas, you know, when I'm watching Louis or I'm watching George Costanza, I, I kind of get it. Like, it's not that far removed from 
the kind of thoughts or the kind of world that I live in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's the the gift of Seinfeld was uh, to be able to, and I, I think I'm quoting Ricky Gervais here, actually, is that Seinfeld has an ability to make a joke and people are like, uh, I can't believe I live that every day and I've never noticed. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's Seinfeld's like comedic talent is that he can find a thing that's kind of funny about the world and just fucking hack at it. Excuse me. Uh, you have to scratch that out. Um, and just hack at it until it's, until it's like, like it can't be any funnier. And that's what that show does. And Louis's gift is like, Hey, like come with me and let me talk about the most shameful part of the human experience and the things that are so terrible about people that we all are terrible for, you know, um, and come with me into that place and let's have, have, have a laugh. And the show reflects that. It's like, look, come with me into these terrible parts of the human experience and let's have a laugh together. Yeah, other shows like um, like Roseanne. I don't think her gift as a comedian is being reflected as well in that show. Even though her character is, but her gift, I guess, isn't. Her, her talent is not. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I get you. I get you 100% um, there. Can I, can I ask you one thing before, because uh, we are getting like, uh, we're getting close yeah. to the end here. Um, how important do you think the comedian themselves writing the show is to the show? Because I know Seinfeld definitely wrote on Seinfeld. Yeah. I don't know for how long. I don't know if he continued throughout the whole season to continue writing every episode. But I think he wrote most of them. Um, and he wrote them all on a yellow pad with a Bic pen. Uh, he wrote it longhand. Isn't that amazing? Um, and I know Louis has full control over Louis. Like yeah. he, that was his deal with, with effects was like, I get full control and I'm just going to bring you an episode and that's it. And they're like, okay. And so I know they had full control and that might be part of what made those shows so great or not. And I know Roseanne, she was writing that show, but there was a lot of battles with the network throughout that whole, there, there was, it was epic. Like them want not letting her write and hiring other writers and different directors and firing people and it was like it was a battle that whole series apparently until near the end when it was super successful uh yeah because they because that show was kind of like a precursor to seinfeld in the sense that it was a show kind of about nothing just like a family living in delaware like what (laughs) anyway uh so what do you think how important is it you know i part of me wants to say that it's super important like that's my first instinct but but in thinking about it there are there are people who I love their writing who I I don't think need to need to be the one in center stage and there are people who are excellent at the the presentation of it like I Louis I I think the writing on the show is the best part of it the the writing on Louis is spectacular and and yet everything else about the show meh like even hmm. even though I know that Louis C.K. is is playing the Louis C.K. character, and I get it, like I almost think that he would be better off if someone else was was doing the stuff that he pretty clearly isn't good at and doesn't want to do. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I don't think that show would have the charm if it wasn't Louis. No, and <clears throat> and I th- I think you're right, but I'm I'm I I I do. I think it's okay that we we have a bunch of shows where 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 actors aren't aren't necessarily writing everything for them. At the same time, you know, 
a lot of what we've talked about tonight have like to today have been shows where the right the writers are definitely involved in the in the the process yeah, which is and I, and I guess to me what I was more my question was more about the shows where comedians play themselves yeah <clears throat> do they need to also be in the writing room well I mean it, how how do you get that voice perfectly right like it's especially in a writer's room that like writer's room are notorious for turnover, right? Everyone wants to move on to uh, a bigger, better project where they either get to act or get to do the thing that they want to do. And so how do you maintain that voice consistently without having that strong personality in the room? So I think you're right. Yeah. Like was the Bernie Mac show written by Bernie Mac? I have no earthly idea. Yeah. I have no idea either. Um, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I think I think uh, the authentic voice is is key to that, and I think, like I, I would say, I don't think they have to be the sole writer of the show, and in fact, I think it'd be better if they were not the sole writer of the show. But I think they're they need to be in that room when it's being written, or at least uh, have abilities to alter or change the writing so that it does come off and feel like them, like the John John Stewart The Daily Show. He was in the writing room every day. Yeah. You know, not just him, but he was in there. And Louis C.K., I think he does most of the writing on that show, but I think he gets people to basically, like, sit on his couch while he writes the show, and he just, like, tells them what's happening, and they laugh, and they give input and stuff like that. Well, I I mean, I think the point that you're making can be broader. I think it's important to have a a consistent singular presence throughout – a television show or 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 through a series because it's it, your show has a voice right mm-hmm. and and if you ignore that your show has a voice um you're gonna end up with uh this inconsistency throughout um and i mean like one of the reasons why some a drama like battlestar galactica worked so well is that the, there there was this core contingent that that had an idea and was trying to make sure that idea was always represented in the episodes but when you run into shows like friends or whatever where the writers cycle through it becomes like what is friends about what is the voice of the show and there's not really an answer to that yeah except for will ross and rachel end up dating Anyway, um, any last closing thoughts? Um, no, I think I think that we covered it this this episode, and uh, and thank you for helping me work through my feelings on comedy, Dave. Hey, no problem. Thank you for uh, for talking to me about my thoughts on comedy, and uh, I think uh, I enjoyed talking about comedians as themselves. Although there's one thing we didn't talk about that I just want to say uh, I enjoy very much is comedians and cars getting coffee. Great uh, show, Jerry Seinfeld's new show. That is just on online and on like uh, whatever crackle or something like crackle. that. Crackle, but uh, and I think because to, to me I like it because it's it's like a new take on the talk show uh, where a comedian takes over a talk show and interviews guests and stuff like that, and it's totally only the thing Jerry Seinfeld could do, uh, being as you know successful as he's been, uh, to just like no, I'm just gonna get a car, pick up a comedian, and go for coffee with them. That's what I want to do for my talk show, and he can do that, and he doesn't have to worry about like it getting people to sponsor it because of course they're going to want to but i just and and i think if you're someone that enjoys comedians uh 
as themselves, especially, I think uh, you would definitely love the show Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee because you get to see two comedians kind of as themselves, but with the camera turned on, so a little turned up, but like as themselves, just talking about comedy. I, I agree. I second that recommendation. Yeah, so it'll be uh, up in the show notes at thestyleguide.ca, and so will uh, a link to uh, Ricky Gervais, Chris Rock, Jerry Seinfeld, and Louis C.K. talking uh, in Talking Funny, which is a wonderful thing to watch on YouTube, again, if you like comedy and comedians. Yeah. And, uh, and now uh, a funny line from Dave to end the episode. Life is suffering. Shit, that's dark, man. <laughs> Jesus. It was funny, though. <laughs> that's, wow. Well, you know. <laughs> See you next week. Holy shit. <laughs>